What's up, Celtic fans? I'm your host. My name's Buddha. Yep, that's my name. I'm joined here on another episode of The Tommy Point with three Celtic diehards across the country. We got Griff, Yazzie, and Gabe here to break down last night's Celtics win over the Bulls. Griff, you were in Chicago in the United Center. What are your immediate takeaways from last night's thrilling win? Uh, biggest takeaway has to be the Bulls don't do basketball good. Um, I mean, I've never seen such a dominating performance and such a lifeless crowd. I mean, it wasn't even there was there was a good amount of Celtics fans, good amount of Bulls fans, whatever. But just I've never been in a worse environment for a game. No one stood, no one clapped the entire game. But I mean, it was good to see the Celtics kind of keep their groove going. Uh, offense playing well. I mean, I love the way Gordon's been playing lately. Uh, Jalen looked good last night too. I mean, everyone looked good. How do you not have a, everyone look good enough? Fifty-six yeah. point blowout. It's pretty tough not to uh, feel good about last night's game. It's interesting to me, the Bulls fired Fred Hoiberg about a week ago, and they, they brought in this guy, Jim Boylan. He was one of the assistants. He looked clueless last night. I mean, your team loses by a billion points, and he's sitting there at the end of the game clapping. Um, <laughs> just, it, it's absolutely embarrassing. They, they said that Fred Hoiberg was the, was, was the reason why the Bulls are, lo- are losing games by 60 points. And this is a team who has recently beat the Thunder They've beat really good teams recently, and the Celtics kind of made them look like a, a you know, Division Two basketball team. Yazi, well, what do we got on last night's game? Yeah, I mean, one of the funniest things to me was, uh, so we go up 17-0 really quick, and then the first thing the guy does as the new head coach, he's like, all right, I'm just going to take out all five starters right away and just see what happens, and then they lose by 56. So it's just like, if you're the Bulls right now, you're thinking, all right, we just fired our head coach. Our new head coach comes in just takes all five starters out at once. We lose by 56. Like you said, he's he's clapping it up on the sidelines. Like, they just, like, beat the fucking Warriors. Like, it's just a tough situation for the what, what about Daniel Tice plus 50 last night? A plus 50, 22 points in the starting lineup. You got to love you gotta love his effort. Griff, what was was it like watching, like, these fans just watching their franchise die? Like, it must have been just the most embarrassing, the most embarrassing game in, like, Bulls history. I mean, it was, there was not a single chant the entire game. Like... I mean, I've been to tons of sporting games throughout my life, and that was hands down just the worst environment. No one cared. No one said anything. So I guess the question that we have to ask was, you know, when we evaluate this Celtics team, we look back on this win. Was this a product of the Celtics being really good, or is this just beating a really bad basketball team? I mean, it's a little bit of both. I think, obviously, you're a, a game in early December against the Bulls where you win by a billion doesn't mean that much. I mean, the Celtics played well. But, I mean, if you start to look at the recent sample size, stringing together, what was that, fifth win in a row, I think? Um, the team's yeah, they're, fifth win. They're starting to play well. And for me, the thing that's making me the most excited about the team um, looking forward is the way Gordon Hayward's been playing. I mean, his confidence is there. He's not hesitating anymore, and he's really starting to get acclimated back into this team. And, and I think that's that's the best thing in the, that this team needs right now. I think Monday night is a big one for us. I mean, I know the Pelicans aren't aren't like playing to their potential right now, but you look at Anthony Davis's last three games of the Garden, he's averaging over 38 points a game. Um, I mean, it's questionable whether Al's going to play or not, but I mean, t- with Tice going off like that last night, he could be a big factor. I think, like, yeah, we've been playing some bad teams, but the offense obviously is clicking. I think Monday night's going to be a good test to see whether or not this is actually just us beating up on bad teams or... Maybe we got something going here. Yeah, and, and the offense is clicking, and it, it's we've been in on five game winning streak ever since we ever since Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris have been in the starting lineups. Correct. Yeah, five game winning streak with Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. 
Uh, it's been it's been interesting, and that game Monday night will be will be extremely interesting. I mean, we didn't have Baines or Horford last night, and Anthony Davis is an absolute problem. I mean, Celtic Green teams around the around the country are are talking about him and Green one day, and you know what a dream that would be. But um, he's not going to be a dream on Monday night when you're when you're looking at a limited front court, and uh, you know even if Baines does play, I mean, is he going to be able to guard Anthony Davis on the perimeter with a sprained ankle? Quick comment on Baines. He was the best dressed at the stadium last night. Had a nice tan jacket on, white undershirt. The man looked like an absolute stud. Did Big- Brad wear a tie last night? I didn't notice. I didn't notice either. Well, that's, we we gotta we gotta add that in. That's a new stat for the Celtics that we gotta add in for the rest of the season. Brad with a tie versus Brad without a tie record. Yeah. yeah what absolutely. about what about what about putting Robert Robert Williams into the mix with with Baines and Horford out? Well, Williams it was assigned to Maine for the past couple of games, so I don't think he's going to be back with the Celtics up until maybe maybe Monday night. But Williams wasn't active last night; he wasn't with the team. Um, you know, so, hopefully, hopefully he'll be active. So it's just going to be Tice just playing forty-two minutes a night now. Well, that's what it looks like. He, he dyed his hair back to brown, night. and yeah, well, everybody was a beast last night. I mean, we could take a page out of the Cavs. Did you see the Cavs played eight players last night? Two two guys over forty minutes, one guy at thirty nine, and I mean the Cle- the East does still run through Cleveland, so absolutely as Tristan Thompson pointed that out. I think where we need to go next, guys, is um, you know you look at the the addition of Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris into the starting lineup. My question would be, does it matter who starts this game, or you know does it matter who ends the game? Yeah, well, like Brad Stevens says, you know he always he always makes it clear that. Whoever starts the game, it really doesn't matter. It's really more about uh, who finishes the game. But that's but that's the line that, uh, that you put out, and Brad's going to make his adjustments and he's going to make his uh, his rotations. But I think I think um, you know mentally too, with Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown coming off the bench, they're going to be exposed to more second uh, second string players, and that they they'll be able to get their offense going playing against uh, playing against the backups. And so that I think that you've been seeing that Gordon Hayward had 30 points the other night. Jalen Brown's offense has been stepping up. And I think that's been a huge part because he's been playing more against the second-round guys instead of the starters. Yeah, Jalen Brown has taken his uh, aggressiveness to a new level in the past couple of games. And I think it's because, you know, when you play with guys like Kyrie and Jason Tatum, obviously those are the two guys getting the most shots on the team, and Marcus Morris. I mean, he's a black hole when he gets the basketball. You know, you're not, once, you, once you put it to Marcus Morris's hands, he ain't getting it back. Um, but you know, there's a lot of shot takers on that first unit, and you know the second unit. You know, Rogier it was really aggressive last night, but we've seen his, we've seen uh, his confidence go up and down. And then from there, you know, Gordon Hayward has been a really nice playmaker. I liked your point earlier, Griff, about you know his confidence level and um, you know his aggressive level. But Hayward and Brown off the bench to me has been you know a real a real treat because you don't really lose anything in the starting lineup. You know, Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris are pit bull defenders. They're capable offensive players. I mean, Marcus Morris is an incredible offensive player, and Smart's really been shooting the three ball well, so he's really pairing with Kyrie. Tied Danny um, Ainge last night, all-time Celtics. <laughs> that was a great – do you see Danny Ainge's uh, tweet on that? Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. He said, you know, trade deadline moved up to tomorrow. <laughs> so, and, and the Celtics will, will probably move Marcus Smart over the course of this four-year deal, so that tweet actually might co- come back to haunt him. Um, so moving forward with this Celtics team, you know, obviously there's a couple teams ahead of us in the Eastern Conference that might feel out of reach right now, but you never know. I mean, Toronto lost to, to Brooklyn the other night, so, um, you know, you never know. Is it worth it to, you know, go all out for this number one seed? Is home, is home court advantage that important? Or, you know, do you care about getting the three or the four seed and then, you know, just going into Milwaukee and, and proving that, you know, we are the class of the Eastern Conference? Yeah, no, I think and 
of course, you know, throughout the season, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to push for the for the ones. You're gonna want to win as many games as possible. But I think what's really important is to go back to the team that that teams are scared to play, uh, where teams are scared to play against you. And I think that one thing that that the Celtics have been doing right now is everyone's getting in their offensive rhythm. So I think that you know, once the playoffs come around, as long as everyone is at their best, everyone's everyone feels comfortable. Everyone is at is at their um. Is that their offensive best? Then that's what's that's what's most important, rather than getting the than the overall one seed. Me personally, I think this team is so talented and so deep that I don't really think that we need the one seed. Um, you know, Philly. I just want to get into this. Philly doesn't scare me at all. I, I mean, at all. I mean, they are such a flawed basketball Even with team. Even Jimmy Butler. Oh my God! Even it, with it's, Markel Fultz. It's such a flawed basketball team. I I really don't see. But what about um, when Markel Fultz returns to his normal shape? Oh yeah, because because <laughs> his shoulders really bothering him, huh? <laughs> the, so the Sixers don't scare me at all. Giannis is a one-man wrecking crew. Love what Chris Middleton, um, what Chris Middleton can do. Brooke Lopez and Malcolm Brogdon are, and Eric Bledsoe are nice players, but um, you know they're role players, and you know they really only have one guy. And you saw what Brad Stevens could do with a couple of role players last year, so. Um, you know, scheme-wise, I think that we're just better than Milwaukee. Toronto is really the only team in the East that I actually think can challenge us because Kawhi Leonard is just that good. I mean, I, I mean, he is. I've, I've been. I mean, you went. We went a whole year without watching Kawhi and just looking what he's been doing recently. I mean, that man is still an absolute beast. So it brings me back to the point: Did Danny Ainge make a mistake this offseason by not going out and trying to acquire him? I mean, it's hard to. It's hard to say that, right? Like, even you just the sample size is so small, and like, I I think the Celtics are still a better overall team than Kawhi, than the Raptors. They have the best player in the series, but I think the way the Celtics play together and how deep we are, I mean, I still taking the Celtics a hundred percent. Also, the way everything was playing out with uh, San Antonio and Kawhi, it's like I don't blame them for being a little wary about it. It's just like you didn't know that Kawhi was going to come into Toronto and be like this. Like, I easily could have seen before like what we've seen the first 25 games of the year i could have seen him going into toronto just not caring at all just being like fuck this like i'm gone next year i really just don't even don't even really care so i mean i don't really blame danny on that one no it was, it was certainly risking you have no idea where he's gonna where he's gonna turn out um next year as well but you guys you guys wouldn't be scared if we went into milwaukee for the playoffs if we had where we didn't nope. have home court advantage you wouldn't be scared at, at all not at all really I wouldn't. I mean, obviously, we didn't win a game in Milwaukee last year's postseason, but I mean, we were playing without our two best players, and our two best players from that series last year, and Jalen and and Tatum, come back a a year, you know, more experienced. They know what it takes to win on the road. Um, You know, I I just, I just think Milwaukee doesn't really scare me. Giannis would be the best player in in that series, though, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's having he's having. He's having a season where he's coming out. He's and he's he no. He's really being you know a top a top five player. Question: We call five definitely top ten, top seven. Like he's this is by far his best season. He's solidifying himself as a as a mega superstar this year. I actually think that the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs could be interesting as well. I mean, we talk about Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly, right? Those are the top four teams, but. You know, I look at other teams in the Eastern Conference. You know, like Indiana can give people problems. Like I would not want to face the Pacers in the first round, Victor and I don't think so any. Underrated. Yeah, he is. He's very underrated, and uh, he's a guy that could. You know, I don't want to say contain Kyrie, but definitely give him. You know, a little bit of aggravation and and kind of piss him off a little bit. No, I was just gonna just gonna go other, especially with with the Pacers, especially what you saw how how they fought against the how they, how they fought against the the Cavs last year. They really like playing for the for uh, for their coach. Yeah, no, but it's just like 
that's what I was saying. I, I don't think we're going to get the one seed. I, I don't know if you guys agree with me on that. But um, it's just, especially the first round, like, I know we're a great team. We're very talented. There's, like, a minimal chance we're going to lose in the first round. But the difference between playing a team like the Pacers or the Pistons, like, versus, like, the Heat, the Magic, the Hornets, like, I, I just think this team needs an early round matchup that's just going to be a, a walk in the park because, like, I could just see a sweeping or winning in five and sort of getting a groove going going into the second round because the second round is going to be big. And, and where the seating is right now, we might not have home court in the second round. So maybe the, the, the seating might be more important in terms of your first round matchup instead of, you know, who has home court advantage in your second round matchup. Right, exactly. No, I think that the, the, the number one overall goal for the regular season is to at least get a top three seed. You know, at least get out of Indiana. Don't play Indiana. Don't play, you know, just don't play any any of the, the top five teams in the in the East, and then I'm not worried about the first round whatsoever. I mean, usually in, in basketball, the best team will come out. I mean, Golden State didn't have the one seed last year. Cleveland was the four seed last year. So, I mean, I don't know if, you know, the home court advantage thing is, you know, yeah, Zed, I know you said that it's probably the most important to, to have home court advantage in basketball, but that's kind of been proven wrong in the past couple of years. I mean, you know, Golden State kind of said, I don't care. And Cleveland was like, well, we're not good enough to care. Um, so, you know, maybe the Celtics team can kind of say, well, as long as we got everything rolling by the time the playoffs roll around, then, you know, we'll be okay. Well, yeah, I think I was talking more in terms of just the Celtics in general, that home court's in, um, important for them. Because, like, if you look at the last couple of years, we've gone to, like, seven games in almost every series besides the Sixer series. And uh, the ones we've won we've had home court the ones we've lost we haven't had home court but i do agree with you i mean the warriors and the Cavs don't care as much they were much more talented teams than us last year and i think that this year with the addition of uh hayward and Kyrie in the playoffs that it might not be as a big of a factor so yeah i think you know in years past we haven't really been a championship team you know this year we're really a championship team we're gonna have to prove our worth in the playoffs whether it's we're gonna have to have we have a whole different mentality. You know, we're not a young team anymore. We're gonna have to go into the road. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to prove that you know we're the team in the East. We're gonna have to win on the road. We're gonna have to be tough teams. And then it doesn't matter if we're home or away. I, I like, you know, you kind of have like this 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 swagger when you when you don't have home court. You're not the favorite. You know, we're gonna go into your building and we're gonna take the series. I think people fear the Celtics in terms of you know potential playoff matchups. And and the biggest asset that we have going forward is. Well, two things, actually. The first thing is Brad Stevens. I mean, his ability to make adjustments on the fly, rotational adjustments, you know, coaching adjustments, drawing up, you know, ATO plays or whatever it is. Brad Stevens is incredible. He won the Milwaukee series by himself last year. I know you got good production from your players, but that's because Brad Stevens put him in the right situations. So Brad Stevens, to me, is is, is a huge, is a huge factor in, in a playoff run. Um you know, when we did our, you know, first couple episodes of the Tommy Point, we talked about, you know, well, is this team good enough to beat Golden State? And, I'm, and it's interesting to see how the narrative changed over the course of a couple weeks to go from, you know, well, can this team beat the Warriors to is this team going to get out of the Eastern Conference? And it's really becoming a more balanced league. I still think that the West is a far more superior, um, you know, league, but this Eastern Conference is getting pretty good, and you know I don't think that these teams are really going to be going anywhere over the next couple of years. Do you think if Kevin Durant goes to the East, like the Knicks or someone next year, the East is better? I would say so, yeah. just because I think you eliminate all super teams out West. I mean, there's really no super teams. Out. I mean, Houston's not even in the playoffs right now, and I know that you know things Houston's, are. Houston's the 14 seed with 11 wins. The West is extremely balanced between there's. 
separation of seven wins between the one seed and the 14 seed in the Western Conference. It is Yeah, it is the wild. 14 seed is closer to the one seed than the 15 seed, which is cool. Wow, that's incredible. As soon as KD leaves Golden State, the NBA is back to literally any team can win. Like, you're going to go into the season, and it's not going to be Golden State minus 350 to win the finals. There's no chance anyone else wins. It's going to be literally, I mean, and I just can't, I can't wait for that. I mean, even this year, I don't think the Warriors are as much of a lock as everyone says. I think the Warriors are going to, if they have to go through LeBron, uh, the Thunder. Thunder, the Thunder. The, like, if they play Lakers, Thunder, Celtics, that's their path for second, third, and finals. Like that's a that's not going to be easy series. That's not four and five game series. So I I think the Warriors are not nearly as much of a lock as people say this year. I want to look at Kevin Durant's pending free agency, and I don't want to talk about him coming to Boston, but I want to talk about if you're Kevin Durant, right? Why does it make sense to come to the Eastern Conference anymore? You know, like it doesn't make sense to come to New York. You have to go, you know, think about, you know, you want to talk about, you know, roads to the finals. How about this for a road? You got to go up against uh, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis. You got to go up against the Jason Tatum, a Victor Oladipo. I mean, those are those are players Kevin Durant wants no part of seeing instead of the Western Conference where it's, well, LeBron's going to be 36, um, you know, is Denver really that good? Oklahoma City, are they a flawed team? Like, the Western Conference might be the place for Durant. You know, the Clippers, the Lakers, places like that seem intriguing to me because the Eastern Conference is actually, it looks like, to, at least from my perspective, three to four years from now will be the dominant conference. Yeah, but I feel like he might actually be at the point in his career where he might want that challenge because, like, think about what he's done so far. He's checked off so many boxes, and people are always all over him for taking the easy way, the easy way out. So I could see him maybe want to come in, come to the East if he's really that confident in, in seeing what he can do. And I think, I mean, he's just that generational of a player that I think he honestly could step up and uh, and really want to take up that challenge. I mean, I also think we got to you know, keep like our junk in our pants like about the Eastern Conference. There's really only really only five like legitimate teams in the Eastern Conference. I don't think you know. I don't think it's. But when was the last time that you could say that, Gabe? When was no, the last time you said there's five legitimate Eastern Conference teams? No, of course. No, it's it's back, but and it's back in the NBA is more balanced, but I don't you know, it's not I think that once that you know, the Trailblazers are another team like the Western Conference and then once that um you know, once uh the Houston Rockets get going again, you know, the Western Conference is gonna be right back at it. Let me ask you this. If the Blazers were in the East, would they make it out of the first round? Yeah, I think they would. I think that, that Over they, who? Over who? Well I think that I the think thing, they would beat the Pacers. I think they would. Either. I don't know. Would they, would they beat? Would they beat Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, or Philly? Because that's I think, who that. The easy, I think correct. they could beat Philly. I they think could they could Philly. beat Philly. Philly sucks. Philly's. You think? Will will okay? Here's will Philly. Will Philly make the NBA Finals with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? No, I don't think they will. That is a flawed relationship, by the way. They have no Embiid, shooters. Embiid is the Superman of Philly right now, and and he's had a couple bad games in a row, but. Embiid and Simmons, I'm telling you, that relationship is going to be very similar to a Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant type of relationship where they get to the conference finals, they get to the finals, they get their brains beat in by the Celtics or the Raptors or, or whoever it is, and then they're going to say, well, I can't win with this guy, and one of those two will be out of Philly before before their second contract is up, I guarantee it. Yeah, how, how many more years do you, you think you give Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? This year and the next? And that's no, it. I would give them longer than that, but... I don't know. Elton Brand, new general manager. Um, you know, there's been a lot of turnover in Philly. 
Um, so a lot of unknown there, but all I know is that they have two really good young players that are going to be forces in the Eastern Conference for a while. Um, and I think I think Butler will sign there long term. You know, free agency is going to be interesting this year because people were talking about what a great class this free agent class is going to be. You know, let's just go through the list. Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, the list goes on and on. But really, there's not going to be that many max free agents available. You know, it seems like Butler might stay in Philly. Irving said he's re-signing in Boston. Clay said he's re-signing in Golden State. So really, the free agent class has come down to, you know, Kevin Durant, right? And then, you know, that's the prize of the free agent class. But only one team's getting them. And then you go from there, it's like, well... You have a lot of unknown about DeMarcus Cousins. And then other than that, are there other max free agents out there that teams can acquire? Because I don't think that there is. Well, isn't, isn't Kawhi Leonard going to be a free agent next year too? Correct. And, and, and I guess that is, that is a, huge, a huge upcoming free agency for him. But, you know, it seems like he's happy in Toronto. I don't really know. But it seems to me if How you're not the not Lakers. How can happy in Toronto really? Like, well, that, because Toronto. Toronto's... I don't know. Toronto's you want to go through customs every time you got to play a game in yeah. the Atlantic Division? <laughs> I don't think so. And Kawhi's weird. Like, he, you know, he's a New Balance guy now. Like, what superstar is like, oh, man, I got to get myself a pair of New Balance sneakers? Like, come on. He's a weirdo. But unless you're L.A., right, unless you're the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Raptors, why would you keep cap space? You're not going to get a free agent meeting with that guy. One thing that I really like about, like, you know, like with Kawhi is I think that him and Kyle Lowry play really well together. I think that Kyle Lowry not being a superstar, like, whatsoever, and then, you know, him getting Kawhi, that's, that's been a great relationship that I think that they can, you know, build off for the next few years as well. I honestly see Kawhi maybe staying in Toronto. Like, I mean, you just said he was a weirdo, but it, was, it would be a weirdo move to stay in Toronto. <laughs> um, I just think, like, especially, I mean, it's huge what happens in the playoffs. It, like, they're pretty much a lock for the Eastern Conference Finals. It, We'll see what happens against what unless we get him second. Be. Unless we get him second round. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think I honestly could see him stay staying in Toronto. So now, if that was the case, and we have pretty much every max free agent staying where they are, besides Durant, I'm I'm thinking about the future. It's like these next four or five years. Are we looking at just pretty much the same five teams being the force of the NBA? I mean that, that they are today. That's what it looks like to me. I mean, unless Cleveland can get you know Zion, then I'm not really afraid of any other Eastern Conference team for years to come. And Gabe, I like your point, and you said it, and it's the truth. It all comes down to what happens in the playoffs, right? We can sit here and you know be, be excited about the Celtics putting up 40 points in the fourth quarter and 133 on the Bulls' ass, but you know does that really matter? Like you know, games in November from last year, we're not going to be talking about in in the postseason. But also, like you look at who we beat. I mean, Cavs, Knicks, Bulls. But I mean, I guess, I guess it is. I mean, the, the Timberwolves was a good win. But I guess it's good because we really. I mean, you look at these games. We beat the Cavs by thirty-three. We beat the Knicks by twenty-eight. We beat the Bulls by seven hundred fifty. I mean, I guess we are blowing teams out, which is good to see. The bad teams, which we I haven't th- done all year. I think it was it was a little bit of nervousness, but it was more just like anticipation. It was just like impatience. It was like. We know who we are. We know we can get it done. But like, why isn't it happening right now? And that's why I think the five-game win streak is so huge. I think they they knew they had this obviously, and and now it's just starting to show. I mean, wh- where does the win streak end? I mean, you don't have this. This streak could go on for a while. You got Pelicans at home. You should win that. Wizards on the road. I mean, and then Hawks, Pistons, Suns. Griff, if I recall, in one of the earlier Tommy points, uh, it may have been the long lost episode, but. 
I think you did predict an 18-game win streak at one point during the season. Yeah, no, they will hit that. I'm not sure if it's this streak. I, I don't think... I think they're still not there yet, I think, but it will happen at some point. I can't wait for the stretch of January and February when everyone starts to turn an eye and say, holy shit, look at the Celtics right now. And I'm sitting there taking them plus 1,100 to win the finals, just licking <laughs> my chops. I, uh, I, I'm looking at you know the standings right now, and, and 10 minutes ago I almost said, I bit my lip, but I almost said that the Celtics would need a Kawhi Leonard ankle sprain or a Giannis concussion to, to get the one seed. But you, know, you just mentioned the upcoming schedule, and the Celtics have played five more road games than they have home. Um, so we're 15 and 10. We're five games back. I mean, we're literally, you know, a, a concussion or, or, or an ankle sprain away from, from getting the one seed. I, I don't think it's out of reach. If it was me, you know, I love this team and I, and I think that we're talented enough to go into other places and, and beat them. But at the same time, you know, we got the depth and we got the guys to, to kind of attack this one seed. And, you know, if you want to rest people, that's fine. You know, you see it last night. There's There's games in the NBA when you're going to be you're, you're going to be able to rest people um so you know it kind of feels like toronto at 21 and 6 and milwaukee at 16 and 8 kind of have a a stranglehold on the east but they really don't i mean we, we're only five games back yeah i'm looking at the schedule now too i mean i can see us losing i can see us losing monday night that's what i was saying earlier huge game against the pelicans monday night um that that could be somewhat of a statement as much of a statement win in december as you p- could possibly have but um we got that one. Then, then we got the following Friday, Milwaukee at home, and then obviously the Christmas Day game against the Sixers. Besides those games, those are all very winnable games for us. We're playing the Rockets, um, the Hornets, Hawks, Pistons, Suns. Those should all be wins. So, I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. There's a lot of regular season basketball left. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and we'll see where the Celtics team can go from here. Uh, we're going to try to get a couple more episodes out this week. Uh, you know, all four of us got winter break coming up soon, so... Maybe we can attack this just like the Celtics have been. Um, So before we wrap up another episode of Tommy Point, just want to give an opportunity for all four of us to kind of give a final thought. Gabe, why don't we go to you first? Yeah, no, I think one thing that I've noticed as of late, especially in this this five-game winning streak, is Marcus Morris is is up to his play. You know, he's not... He's not becoming a vacuum. He's been moving the ball um, when he's, you know, and his offensive game has been up. He's been double, you know, double-digit scoring every single game. And I think he's really been maxing his potential. That's been a huge part to our five-game winning streak. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a guy who said he wouldn't know his role on this team, and frankly, I don't know what the team would do without him. Yazi, what do we got? Yeah. So I mean, I I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but Gordon Hayward coming back. He broke his leg last year. He it takes a while to get back to NBA basketball. I mean, I really think over this last five-game streak. We've seen some great performance out of him. He dropped 30 points. Um, but I think really the main thing is just the way he's, in, he's uh, integrating his teammates. You see him make some nice cuts to the basket, dish out to people for three. He, I mean, he's just he's just sort of starting to feel the flow of the offense, and I think that's great to see, and I think it's something that everyone sort of expected would come, and I think we're starting to see it come. Hayward is a max, de- is a max player deal for a reason, and I think he's going to prove that over the next six months. Griff, finish us off. It is December 9th. And I still feel exactly how I felt on opening night and all summer long. This team is going to win the championship. They're going to raise Banner 18, and I am so fucking excited. I guess my final point here would just be that, you know, all four of us are going to be on winter break soon. We're going to try to get out more content, better content, faster content to you guys. Um, We've got a really exciting team, a really exciting podcast, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, keep this thing going. 
As always, the Tommy Point is signing off for Griff, Gabe, Yazzie, and Buddha. We thank you for listening and hope you tune into the next episode. Let's go beat the Dolphins. <laughs>